Good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Hope. We're so glad that you're here joining us. And if you're online, we're so glad that you're joining us that way. Um, if you're visiting, please make sure that you sign in on the tablet or the card so that we can get your information so we can get to know you better. There are a couple new things that you'll notice the kids might have already noticed. Um, if, the, if the children are too old to go into children's church, the ages are written down there, um, preferably through first grade. But if they are older and they would like a kid's bag, they are now in both sections of the church, children's bag. So grab one, and it's got stuff related to the sermon each week and some little things for them to do quietly to get them adjusted into worshiping with the whole church, which is such a blessing to do with our children. Um, just a couple announcements. The SOS meeting is this week, and we have a special guest, Catherine Hastings, coming to, um, from number three, the social worker. And she's going to discuss ways that we as a church can help number three and partner with them and, and ministries that we could do in the future. So that's a, an exciting time. If you are a lady and you would like to join the SOS meetings, it is on the 12th at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. So there's a time for everyone. So please come and join one of those. There's a lot of announcements in the bulletin this week. So um, if you'll notice all those and I get to say it. So I'm going to emphasize a youth announcement. <laughs> since I'm up here, the Great Pumpkin Chase. I've heard that this church has done this before. Um, so we need people and their homes or their land willing to have a lot of fun one night and host sites for these youth to go on a huge scavenger hunt throughout the county. So if you're willing to maybe get with your Sunday school or your family or friends and host a site where you can scare some teenagers or make them do weird things to earn their prize, um, not too weird, but weird enough, you know, it's good. Um, just to have a lot of fun and give them a really exciting, challenging night um, where they'll end up at a big bonfire with awards and a celebration. So there's a host sign-up right out here, and it says, please write your phone number. I will con That's weird, I know. Do not put your names, because some of our youth might try to sneak and find out where you live and get your address, and we don't want to, them to um, have any advantages. So if you would like to host or have questions, put your number on that page, and I will answer whatever you need. That would be wonderful. Um, this, is, this is a big week in remembrance. September 11th is tomorrow, and it's a time that I think all of us, especially the ones that have experienced that and, and lived through that and have a lot of memories through that, um, we spend that day and just remember what happened and, and how good our God is and how much he loves us and what he's done for us but the pain that followed from that. And, and it's a time that we can teach our younger children, you know, important things in history, which is very important. So I just ask that tomorrow, as you think of that day, just thank God for all that he's done for our country since then and, and pray for our country now. And we desperately need him. And we need to repent and turn to him and, and pray for those families that were affected. You know, it's been a long time, but it doesn't feel like a long time for those people that went through that and lost loved ones. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, cause I know there is peace within your presence, I speak Jesus, I 
Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness. you've been blessed today. Now sometimes life just doesn't seem fair, does it? We've all probably had those thoughts at different times through different situations in, in life when we ask the question, why? That's just not fair. If you've been around kids any time at all, you understand and you're going to hear that, that phrase quite often. That's not fair. That's not fair, Daddy. That's not fair, Papa. <laughs> one kid gets a toy, the other doesn't. One gets to stay up late, the other one has to go to bed. One gets to play, well, the other was sick. One gets to ride the rides at the at Carowinds, the other one has to watch. That's not fair, is it? Adults, we're really no different either, are we? We've all said it before, haven't we? At least, if we've not said it, we've at least thought it, haven't we? Someone gets a raise, well, we don't. We didn't. Somebody gets a promotion, well, I've been there longer than they have. Someone deals with sickness their entire, their entire life. 
and somebody else is a picture of health. Some have great have a great marriage, and others just just can't seem to find the right one. One day everybody goes to work. And 9-11 happens and our entire nation shouted. That's not fair. Our society wants everything to be fair. Wants everything to be equal. Parents don't want their children to fail. Everybody gets a trophy these days. Everybody gets a prize. Uh, There was a a second place Little League baseball team that got a, a big old ring, a Little League team for second place. Go figure. Children are are rarely held back in school. Academic awards are being taken away. They're moving towards towards a pass-fail system. They want men and women to compete against each other. They want everything the same. It's not not fair, is it? But in the end, the, the value of hard work and and when we do that, in the, 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 the value of hard work is discounted. When everybody gets a trophy, we, it breeds entitlement. And, and we live in a society with an entitlement mentality. Be reminded, though, that God did not create everybody equal. He loves us all the same. He loves us all equally, but we're not equals. I have gifts and talents that y'all don't have, and y'all have gifts and talents that I don't have. Y'all are better at everything than I am. We're not equal, are we? God didn't make us equal, but He loves us the same. Some people in the sports world raised eyebrows recently. They said, that's just not fair. Listen to this, Arch, Arch Manning, uh, this is the, the nephew of NFL quarterback, uh, retired quarterbacks Peyton and Eli Manning. Arch Manning is a freshman at the University of Texas. They have this new thing called the NIL, Name, Image, and Likeness, where players in all sports can get, play, can get paid for their name, okay? He signed an NIL agreement worth $2.9 million. And he never played, has never played a down of college football. That deal was worth nearly $2 million more than the Bengals starting quarterback, Joe Burrows, his base salary. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, over $2 million more than his base salary. These two NFL quarterbacks, I'm sure, are saying, that's not fair. Why does this college freshman get more than what my base salary is? But for these two NFL quarterbacks, it was fair for them, wasn't it? At the time of their signing. They were okay with that when they signed it. And now this young whippersnapper comes up, and now they're probably not too happy. Well, there's a story we find in Matthew chapter 20. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20. That's very similar to that type situation. It's a parable about the workers in the vineyard and they, 
It, the, the, the parable grows out of the encounter between Jesus and the rich young man. And Jesus demonstrates how we're to serve Him for eternal rewards, not for the earthly rewards, not for the immediate gratification of today, but for what God has set aside or will set aside for us in eternity. Those who serve for, to be rewarded right now will be last, it says, and those who serve out of obedience to Christ will be first. And so if you will, turn, to, turn with me to Matthew chapter 20, verses uh, 1 through 16, and follow along with me. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to, he agreed to pay them a denarius for the, day, for the day and sent them into the vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. He went out, and he went out again at about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked him, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one's hired us, they answered. And he said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the, to, of the vineyard said to the foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were, who were hired about five in the afternoon came, and each received a denarius. So when they came, so when those came were were hired first, they expected to be to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only an hour. They said, "And you've made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of of the work and the heat of the day." But he answered one of them. I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for the denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have a right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? And so the last will be first, and the first will be last. In the ancient world, in the typical workday, it consisted of, of four three-hour segments and beginning at six o'clock, running to six at night. And now you've heard the, the term working paycheck to paycheck. Our whole country is about in that shape right now. But, but for here, the people didn't work paycheck to paycheck as we think about it from week to week. They work from day to day. If they didn't have money today, they didn't feed their. They didn't have work today. They didn't feed their family for the day, and so this marketplace people would go out in the morning. Those that didn't have a regular job, they would go out in this marketplace and wait on people to come and and hire them. And so hopefully you would be the ones that were that were chosen um, to work the whole day, 
or at least part of the day, if nothing else. And so if you were hired for a portion of the day, you would expect to be paid a prorated rate for that day. And so the, the vineyard owner uh, would hire the people at 6 o'clock in the morning if he needed additional help. He would come back and it says there he returned at 9, at 12, and at 3. And he would hire people as his harvest needed it. The more harvest he had, the, the more people he would hire. In this story, the landowner returns at the marketplace again at noon and at 3. And finally at, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, with just an hour left of work, and most people would think, why would anybody even be there for only an hour's work? Well, the men chosen at 5 o'clock only worked an hour, and so they would have expected to have been paid one-twelfth of what those hired at 6 o'clock in the morning were paid. But look at verse 8. It says, When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. And so the foreman pays those that worked at 5 o'clock, those that came in at 3 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 9 o'clock, back to 6 o'clock. <laughs> this means that, that, that everybody hired before this person hired at 5 o'clock, everybody before him would see how much he was paid. They would know how much this one guy made for working only an hour. In verse 9 and 10 it says, the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius, which is equivalent to a day's pay. And so when they came, or, or so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. Those who were uh, who were hired last, again, were, were expecting just a measly amount of pay. Instead, they received an entire day worth of pay. <laughs> I can hear the excitement now, can't you? Can't you hear them running and jumping? And, hey, look, look what I can hear. They're celebrating and praising God. I can now feed my family. I went to the marketplace this morning, didn't think I would have any work. I didn't think anybody would hire me. Six o'clock came, I was passed by. Nine o'clock, twelve o'clock, three o'clock. I was continued to be passed by every hour. And five o'clock, I finally got a, a chance to, to work just for an hour. I knew I'd make just a little bit to feed my family just a little bit. But oh, praise God, look what I made. I made a whole day's wage for working just an hour. You can... You can imagine the line of people that were waiting to be paid thinking, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> this guy made a day's worth of wages for an hour's worth of work. It's going to be good. I'm going to, man, we're going to go all out. I'm going, to buy my, I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff for my family today. We're going to eat good tonight. <laughs> Look at verse 10 and 11. It says, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a day's wage. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. <laughs> this quickly became a hostile work environment, didn't it? These folks took off to the HR department with a complaint, didn't they? I wasn't paid right. I wasn't paid fairly. 
these men worked all day. They were hot and they were, they were tired. They felt like they'd been mistreated and, and wronged. You could probably hear the echoes throughout the valley. That's not fair. Verse 12. These who were hired worked, hired last worked only an hour. They said, you've made equal. You've made them equal to us who have, been bo- who have borne the burden of the work of the heat of the day. They got paid for the same thing and, and we wore ourselves out for the day for you. And you came back here and paid them more than, than, than what you're paying us for the work we did. But didn't those who were hired at 6 o'clock, didn't they agree? Didn't they agree to the pay rate when they got on the back of the truck or the, the chariot, whatever it is, the donkey to, to go to the fields? Sure they did. So why were they upset? Why were they upset with something they agreed to? The foreman, he was, he was intent on, on diffusing the situation and he, he calls one of them friend. And, and he explains to this, we'll say unemployed fella because he didn't have regular employment because we know that because he was in the marketplace. But he says, you agreed to this pay. Why are you upset? He goes on to tell him to say, to, to be thankful for what he's received. That he can now, that he too can go and go back home and, and feed his family. He reminds the worker that, that, that he is the landowner. He is the one with the wealth and, and, and can do whatever with it he wants to. If I want to pay everybody the same, I can do it. He said, are you jealous of that? Are you envious of my generosity? Verse 13 through 16, he says, but he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for one day's wage? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. We're going to have baptism next week. We've got six or seven candidates, I think, that we're going to be baptizing. Five or six of those are children, youth. One of them is an older gentleman that has come to Christ in his latter years. Praise God, right? Maybe you were saved as a child and you've been working for the kingdom of God all of your life. We see this sometimes with, 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 with people that have been 
incarcerated for, for heinous crimes and they wind up giving their life to Christ or, or a thug or somebody's in jail or, or, or just somebody you know that's lived on the wild side. In essence, making a deathbed confession. And you're like, that, you know, I've been good all my life. I've done God's will all my life, it seems like. I've tried to live a godly life, and here this scoundrel lived a, a selfish, wild, and unruly and, and worldly life. He lived on the wild side and, and did ungodly things. So why should he get into heaven? Folks, life's just not fair, is it? Truth be told, God's not fair either by our standards. Think about it. We never seem to get ahead. There always seems to be something that comes along that, that sets us back, whether it's health or finances or relationships, whatever it, whatever it might be. But we can look around and there seems to be all, always somebody better off then we are always somebody ahead of us. And Jesus addresses this in the kingdom of God. In verse 14, He says, Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. See, Christ demonstrated that the kingdom of God is anything but fair. But he shows how amazing his grace is, y'all. He shows us how great and how grand his, his grace is. That there is hope for anybody and everybody. Even when things seem unfair, we've got to be glad in God's extraordinary grace. When things don't seem to be working out in this life, we know that we have God's amazing grace. That He died on the cross so that we could have everlasting life, so that our sins could be forgiven. God raised His Son to life to prove that He was the Son of God. That He could forgive sin. That He could offer eternal life. Praise the Lord. In this story, how, how, how fair can it be for these men to labor all day in the heat and suffering exhaustion and, and, and make no more than the man who only worked an hour or two? The inequality in the kingdom of God stands in contrast to the inequality of the world. You know, those who, who feel cheated or left out, those who are envious of what others have are the ones who complain that life isn't fair. As a believer, if our eyes are focused on the material things of the world and the treasures of the world, then the worldly value is what fills our heart. It's not God's grace. I want you to look how he, how he concludes this passage. He concludes... Uh, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 16, he repeats what he says in Matthew 19, verse 30. And so he ends that chapter in 19, and he ends this one in this section in verse 20. What he says is the same, but it's reversed. 
In Matthew chapter 19, verse 30, it says, But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And you drop down to Matthew chapter 20, verse 16, and he flips it. He says, Those who will be last will be first, and the first will be last. You see, those who were hired last, they didn't deserve what they received, did they? But they were paid first and treated equally. Aren't you glad that God won't give us the punishment that we deserve? Amen. Aren't you glad that God's grace is so big, so amazing, that He's not going to give us what we deserve? Aren't you glad for God's generosity? Jesus says that all true disciples will be treated equally as if they'd all done the same thing. So whether you were accepted Christ as a child or a middle-aged adult or a senior adult, God's grace flows down to cover us all. Amen. This lesson is on God's grace and it's motivating us to, to, to serve in the kingdom of God. It's not about salvation because we don't work for our salvation. You see, our service in the kingdom of God should be born out of our gratitude for what, for what Christ has done for us. And that we shouldn't hold a grudge or an attitude against those who haven't worked in the kingdom as long as we have. Instead, we should rejoice and celebrate in their salvation. You know, if we think we deserve something extra for our long service, then, then our motivation has been wrong. Our attitude has been wrong. And so we ask the question, do we realize the value of what we received in God's grace? You see, it wasn't about working all day. It's about God's equality and distributing grace to all of us. One pastor describes it this way. And I'll conclude with this. He says, when we get to heaven, there'll be no contrast or no contest to see who is the most deserving of God's grace because no one deserves it. All are sinners saved by God's grace. Instead, there will be one contest in heaven <laughs> when we recall how, how unworthy we were and Jesus standing there. The only contest will be to see who will sing the loudest. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound the sa that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. Amen. Praise God. We're going to sing that this morning. Would you sing that with a gratitude in your heart? Praising God for who He is and what He's done in your life and the grace that, that flows down to all of us. Oh my, what a day to praise God. What a day to worship God for the grace 
that He's given to all of us for the generosity of His abundant grace in our life. Father in heaven, God, we do thank You for, for that abundance of grace, for Your generosity, for Your love, for Your grace, for Your mercy. God, that, that, that You loved us so much that You gave Your Son for the salvation of our sin. Father, let us never forget. Let us never underestimate. Lord, help us to always realize what we have received in receiving Your grace. For we are a wretched bunch of sinners saved by grace. And God, we just thank You today for loving us in spite of ourselves. And Lord, as we stand and sing this wonderful hymn, may we sing it loudly, boldly, and with a heart of gratitude because of what you have done for us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.